0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's, it's, It's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth.
1: Hey, welcome in to the Stinked You Podcast. It's the Leftovers edition last weekend. I was in Washington, the nation's capital, to do the uh, San Francisco 49ers against the Washington Commanders. Um, Mike, I'm Mark. It's good to be with you guys. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for listening. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Happy New Year. And, yeah, you got a chance
0: to watch the uh, the 49ers. I, I mean, do we want to spend a quick, Little bit on Washington <laughs> yeah, yeah. to kind of put the post mortem on
1: Yeah, I think I where mean, I think, where they're going, what direction they're going in. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Obviously a lot of changes yeah. are, are coming down the pike. There's no question about that. Um, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see exactly what transpires. Um, they were making the move to Jacoby Brissett, and uh Jacoby Brissett um, came up with a hamstring injury and all of a sudden was you know not going to start um and I don't know exactly when that went down and how his hamstrings tightened up I think maybe it was he was looking at the potential bonuses in his contract and pulled the hamstring but um I digress so he didn't play Sam Howell played um obviously I think there's going to be changes to the head coaching position I think Eric Bieniemy becomes a really interesting character in this whether he gets a legitimate chance to to you know, to interview for the head coaching job of the Washington Commanders, whether he leaves and goes to get some other interviews elsewhere, um, if he goes back to Kansas City. I don't know what the scenario for Eric Bieniemy will be, but um, I will tell you, man, I really enjoyed Eric Bieniemy. I I've really enjoyed um, talking to him, getting to know him, um, and... I do think that I think that Eric one was given a lot of responsibility here to to do things on the offensive side of the ball, um, to run some practices, to do some things very much like Ron Rivera did for Steve Wilkes back in the day, who's the San Francisco 49ers um, defense coordinator, give him a chance to run the team, to get him ready to be a head coach at some point. Ron is a Ron is a, a, a great man and it. I mean, truly an altruistic guy that's about promoting other people and, and growing other people. So I think he's given him an opportunity to do that. Um, unfortunately for them, uh, they're not very good. And and I think it goes beyond. You know, Sam Howell was anointed the starter, fifth rounder out of North Carolina, can really spin it. Um, but you could see the difference in the last couple of weeks when Jacoby Brissett came in and ran that offense versus Sam Howell and how quickly he made decisions and how quickly he got his ball on target to his receivers. You know, post-snap or pre-snap, looking at the defense and going, okay, this is what I think they're in. Post-snap, like, confirming it and then letting it eat to the guy who's open. I mean, right now. And, you know, the the ability to keep yourself – on schedule, keep the chains moving, keep yourself in second down and five minus so that you've got a chance, or second down and six minus. So even a four-yard completion on first down keeps you on schedule to where your whole offense is open. Second down and nine, you know, you can try to pop a run, but for the Mm -hmm. most part, you know, they pretty much know where you're at. And so I thought Jacoby did that really well. Sam Hell took a beating, man. He holds on to the ball too long. He has a tough time. Sometimes he wants to be perfect. It's better to be decisive than perfect. Just make a decision and go. So I think there was a lot that they, that they tried to accomplish. Um, one of the things that I will tell you is I think they have been fooled in the way to build a football team. And when you look at them outside the numbers, and we make such a big deal – about how you're built. Mm-hmm. We make such a big deal about wide receivers and tight ends and how you're built. And da-da-da. And when you start to look at, you know, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, you look at their receiving core, I'll put their four or five deep against anybody's four or five deep in the National Football League. They're that talented. They really are. And then you start you you look at you know at that part of it and go wow we're really you know we're really dynamic out here. Well, guess what? If you can't consistently block guys, does not matter. Sam Howell got sacked over sixty times this year. Sorry. Now a lot of them on Sam Howell, but a lot of them on the way you call offense and and the way you built your football team. So that's something that dramatically needs to change in the nation's capital is how you're building that football team. The other thing is every tight end you have is cut from the same cloth. Whether it's um Thomas, you know, whether it's Bates, uh Logan Thomas, uh, Jonathan Bates or John Bates, Cole Turner, they're all like six foot five, six six, and two fifty. And none of them can block. <laughs> like none of them I shouldn't say they can't block. Um they they're not that's not their forte so to speak, and so every guy is cut from the same cloth. Um, you know, you know me. I'm a stickler for being able to do being able to block guys on the mm-hmm. end of line of scrimmage and doing that. So I, I just look at how you're built, and and I put a lot of the onus on the way that team has been constructed for some of the problems that they've had.
0: All right, so we'll see what happens with Washington. It's going to be a, a fascinating off season for Commander mm-hmm. fans. San Francisco did. Did you see enough in their win to sort of get the bad taste out of out of your mouth about how maybe you felt about them after the loss uh, to Baltimore? Although I you, you got you got this, I saw you got this bleep eating grin because yeah, you you I saw enough, you got
1: some stuff to tell San Francisco fan right I now. I saw enough in their loss to Baltimore yeah. that I thought when I got on the coaches' film that I thought they they kicked their ass. They kicked Baltimore's ass. Yeah, offensively they did. Yeah. Like, there, there are several things that make Baltimore really tough. Like, Baltimore is physical. Baltimore can run the ball. Baltimore can do a lot of things. But so can San Francisco. And when you look at what they like offensively, Kittle had over 100 yards receiving, had the big one early in the game on that first drive. Um, I think Iuk may have had over 100 yards receiving. Um, Christian McCaffrey had over 100 yards rushing. I mean, they they put up almost 500 yards of offense, and they turned the ball over five times. They threw five picks, and so, okay, a couple of them were down in the in you know in the red zone, right in the scoring zone. So let's not count those drives. So let's take two of those away. You did that with three less possessions. So you you gave the other team three more possessions than you had. So an average game is. 12 possessions so you take your possessions down to what nine and you still put us up, put up almost 500 yards of offense and you you created some gaping running lanes and you did a lot of things I thought the other thing that they did was and and this is I think there, there's a learning curve here for San Francisco so the learning curve is this is that you got free runners at Lamar Jackson probably, half a dozen times, you did not bring him down once, and every time he made a big play on the other side. You know how frustrating that is, how hard that is? Like, as a defense, that you can be perfect in your coverage, perfect in your assignments, perfect in your rush, perfect in your execution, and that dude becomes gelatinous, makes you miss, and then, and it's not, one thing about Lamar, it's not just about running anymore. It's not just about taking off and making something spectacular happen with his feet. It's about taking off, buying time as he goes lateral, and throwing a guy into a position to be dynamic with the football afterwards. And he has been exceptional at that. Plus, they're big, they're physical, they can run. But I walked out of that game being more impressed with San Francisco in a 33-19 loss than I was with Baltimore in a 33-19 really? win. Yeah, Huh. Uh, and I, I'm not I'm not down on Baltimore. I think what Baltimore is doing is amazing, and I think Baltimore is really good. But I I was not nearly as concerned after I watched the coach's tape than I was before I watched the coach's tape. So that
0: was your takeaway after looking at the coach's film. Did Kyle Shanahan share yes. some of the same thoughts?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. He said, "Man, there, I think there's." There's always, you know, some really bad things that you look at and say, man, we, we got to be better there. We got, you know, we were feeling ourselves there and that cost us this or whatever. Um, but there are a lot of, there were a lot of, of really good things on tape where you would say, and Kyle would say, you know, I walked away from that tape feeling encouraged more than discouraged. Hmm. And that doesn't happen very often when you lose like that. So... Like, I, I, I walked away from that. I, I think the other thing, you know, sitting down and talking with Brock Purdy that I really liked is, like, you can tell his football intelligence, his football IQ, where he wants to go with the football, understanding and being able to break down a defense, you know, looking at pre-snap and confirming post-snap and being able to pull the trigger and being able to get through progressions like bah, 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 like right now. Um, pretty, like, he's he's operating at a very high level. But I asked him the one question that, you know, he's been saddled with. And I looked at him, like, I'm looking at you, and I said, game manager, how do you respond? Mm. And I was impressed because he bowed his back a little bit. Did he? Yeah. How so? He bowed his back because Brock Purdy told me, said, Anybody who came, calls me a game manager either is not watching the film or doesn't know what they're looking at. Ooh, spicy. In the end, the the end of this thing will tell the story. And I'm I'm telling him, he goes, like, like, hey, listen, I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not saying I'm the best quarterback or I'm the best, you know, but he goes, I got some gunslinger in me, and you look at some of the throws I make. You look at some of the windows I throw it into, because I know that I'm not the biggest armed guy. I never have been. So I had to make up for the lack of arm talent with perfect timing, yep. with great footwork, with being on time, and knowing where everybody is. And there was this touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals a couple weeks ago that impressed the heck out of me, because they motioned into a two-by-two two formation. Okay? Okay. So you have a slot. Where you've got an outside receiver and a slot receiver, right? Then you got a tight end opposite of that. So it's like the formation would be called. Um, you would call it doubles, or some people call it dice, right? Tight end and Z receiver to the to the left side of the football field. Slot receiver, which is your F, and your Z on the outside. So they get matched up by Arizona in a man look. So the slot receiver has outside leverage, DB has outside leverage, he's about five yards off, outside leverage, forcing, trying to force that wide receiver into the middle of the football field, right? He's trying to force him to where the whole defender is, meaning the help defender, okay? Outside cornerback has inside leverage, about five yards off the ball, so he's trying to force that receiver to the sideline to use the sideline as an extra defender. Okay, so then they snap the ball, and Brock Purdy reads that pre-snap, snaps the ball, looks at it. Both guys jump. Outside guy jumps more inside, forces him, and stays on top. The inside slot defender, you know, jumps outside and takes away the outside breaking round. Brock Purdy looks at it pre-snap, confirms it post-snap, is off of it in less than half a second. So even if the guy got open, he knows based on the coverage, I don't want to go there. So he's not holding the ball to see, hey, maybe the guy will get open right. anyhow. He's already off of it. So now he goes to Kittle running a shallow. Well, there's two defenders right there engulfing Kittle. Off of Kittle, he's got pressure in his face to Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield running an angle route or a, uh, a Texas route. And whoop, touchdown about eight yards deep in the end zone. He went through that progression. He confirmed it post-snap. He identified it pre-snap, confirmed it post-snap, got through that progression, and I timed it on my stopwatch. Just timed it. Under two seconds. Oof. So he went from one to two to three to four in under two seconds and threw a touchdown. I don't think people realize – it was how freaking, talented, how, how it was freaking,
0: next level that I, is. I, I re- That's not game it, manager. I
1: ring re- it fifteen times. Yeah. I was like, "Holy Moses!" Yeah. And this is the kid. They're like, "Well, it's just hands offense." Like, there's most guys can't get through. Most guys can't confirm it. Yeah. Most guys can't. And you know what? Most guys aren't. Most guys aren't good enough, or smart enough, or n- not smart enough, disciplined enough to go, I don't want to throw it there anyway because the coverage dictates that I shouldn't. So many guys will hold that ball, and you might be able to fit it in. Like, the, the eventually, the slot receiver, even though the guy had outside leverage, broke the stick route and was out to the— you could have you could have fit it in there. You'd have gotten three yards. You wouldn't have gotten a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it had been tackled out of bounds, whatever, or forced out of bounds. But you just wouldn't, like, no, I don't like it. So, I'm not going to throw it. Like, I'm off of it. Now, he got duped in that Baltimore game, the first the first interception he threw versus a too high look. He thought he was getting a single high. Like, he got duped into throwing one. He was a little bit late with the football, you know. But I'm telling you, he's a little salty, and I kind of liked it. Well, I'm glad we're having this
0: conversation because I think so many people out there watching think, you know, we, we, we talk about quarterback play. It's all about the guy with the big arm or, you know, the guy that can can make plays with his mm-hmm. legs. And you don't necessarily think of the ability to do what he just did that you Mm -hmm. described as being elite quarterback stuff. Right. But it is. I mean, if you're able to do that kind of stuff, you don't have to have a monster arm. You don't have to have be fleet of foot. But if you can do what you just described, Mm -hmm. that's elite level stuff right there. It's you know
1: that is next level stuff. Right. It's it's um It's a story a, a, about Joe Montana, and I'll, I'll I'll keep it short. But I think Forty Nine er fan is okay with a long Montana story. <laughs> right? Well, right? Yeah. But well, I know what you're saying. I know. But yeah, it was it was one of those situations where, like, the question to Steve Mont or to Steve, it was when Steve and and Steve Young and Joe Montana were there, you know, and. Steve is like, how does you know Montana get through progression so quick, and you know what does he do, and like I can't one two three, and you know, and I got pressure, and he's just like, Whoop, I'm, like how do, how do you do that, right? Like that was how the story was relayed to me, and you know Joe's like, I ain't, I ain't telling you how I get through, like that's you, you that's for you to you know, like the competition, you know, that right. internal competition, but anyhow, the the way it worked is like. Joe had eventually said, and this is you know through um, my relationship with Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan was coaching, and, and he just said, basically, man, I eliminate. So pre snap, I look at the look. When I snap it, if I don't like the, the defense they're in based on the route combination we're we're running, I don't even look at it to see if it gets open. I don't go one to two. I just am like, nope, I don't like that. I'm off. I'm onto the backside. And so it just was like, confirm it. Nope. Go to the backside, like that. If you want to talk about, and I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is Joe Montana, but if you want to talk about getting through a progression like that, that's how that kid operates. Mm. He operates like Joe Montana operated in in his thought process. And then sitting down talking to him, I was like, walk me through your process, like what you. And he's like, man, so we break the huddle, man. I know. Formation, where we're in, what we're motioning to, what we're shifting to, what the route combination is, you know, where I want to go with the ball if I get this look, if I get this look, like you know, confirm it, safety rotation, all this stuff, and then and he walked me through, you know, Z's running this, X is running the F's running this, Z's you know, X is running this, you know, my fullback is running while Y's running that whatever, and he walked me through it and I goes, I know as soon as I see this, then I know, based on that look on the front side, I know. That my back is in one on one with the you know with the the backside um, hook defender right, mm-hmm. so I know I've got a one on one matchup with Christian. So instantly, even before I go through my progression, before I snap the ball, I'm like I've already eliminated. It. If I get this, I'm getting to the one on one on the backside. So now I don't even co- I don't even have to confirm. I'm like, oh yeah, I got it. Let me get to my because I know where my best matchup is. Like it like him walking through this, and I'm not doing it justice because I don't I don't you know I. I speak, like I speak. It's like introductory to Spanish, right? I don't speak quarterback, right? right. I, I understand right. what you're telling me, but I don't articulate it as well because I've never had to do it. Right. But I get what I get what the process is, and the kid is is super sharp. And then they've just got they've got players, man. George Kittle absolutely destroyed the end of the line of scrimmage. Like uh, again. Analysts out there that always say, When are they going to stop using a tight end to block a defensive end? Up yours. That's your job. It's your job. George Kittle dispensed justice on the line of scrimmage. Matter of fact, I got a, a note from him after the game. Like, dude, this is just yesterday. Thank you, man. You were awesome. Like, because he loves blocking more than he loves catching passes. And he was killing dudes. And you know, and you recognize it and you and you 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 give the guy props for it. Um, because he, he did. He just absolutely destroyed the end of the line of scrimmage. So I appreciate I appreciate that aspect of who the Niners are. I'll tell you the other thing about the Niners. Like you want to talk about unselfishness and a willingness to do the dirty work. And I've watched Brandon Ayuk grow in that aspect of his game. Um DeBo Samuel is a, you know, a full-grown man in that aspect and it permeates that whole organization. The culture of that organization is you better show up, you better show up on time, you better do your job, and you better kick people's asses. And if you don't, you're in trouble. So, your your message then, your your big takeaway for <laughs> San Francisco 49er fans
0: after being with the team last week is that even though they lost 33 to 19 at home to Baltimore, they relish
1: the opportunity to play the ravens again. Let me just say this, if I was a gambling man and that was a super bowl matchup, I would put my money on San Francisco and not because I'm a Kyle Shanahan or Mike Shanahan fan. That's that's where I would go. Now, again, you know, I'm going to get a lot of blowback from Baltimore. Yep. I'm used to, you know, I'm used to getting blowback. I think Baltimore is a freaking outstanding football team outstanding but like i said like i said that what they did offensively i thought was super impressive hey like baltimore made the plays you know they blitz a a corner off the edge they tip the ball goes to the other guy blitzing off the other edge they intercept it you know brock purdy makes a bad decision throwing across his body and it gets tipped in the air and they intercept that one you know they get his arm hit on a little on a little uh, angle route or a little Texas route to Christian McCaffrey, the ball flutters, gets picked. Like, those are the things, those things happen. And Baltimore made those things happen. So, you know, if Baltimore could do that again, they'd win again. They would. But, again, I walked away from that, going into studying that film, thinking, man, San Francisco got their ass kicked. And I came out going, and I watched it on TV, you know. But I came out going, ooh, it's not exactly the way – it looked like it did on te- television, so that's what I'm saying. Okay, so there you go, Forty Nine er fan, Baltimore fan. Wait a minute, where's Baltimore fan? Baltimore fan, <laughs> don't at me. I don't <laughs> want it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't. You guys are awesome. You're incredible. Your quarterback is the MVP. I bow down to your superiority. San Francisco fan, you guys are okay. It's gonna be okay. I know. Did I, I didn't even tell you that real quick. So I'm on the plane and we get delayed. I'm flying to DC to call this game. And um and so we get delayed. They're working over the overhead bin in in my where my seat is. So I have to stand up. So the captain comes on and's like, "Hey, you calling the game this weekend? Got So yeah, I'm calling, you know, and we're just talking da, da da. And this lady in row 1 on the other side hears us talking about San Francisco. She's like, I'm from the Bay Area. She goes, I'm from the Bay Area. San Francisco sucked. They got their ass kicked. I'm so disgusted with da-da-da. I'm like, so I'm trying, like, it's a Niner fan, right? So I'm trying to give her, like, it's going to be okay. I was like, hey, listen. I went back through the film. I looked at it, and they actually played really well. You know, they just turned the ball over five times. Nobody's going to win when you turn the ball over five times. You don't create a couple of turnovers. But, like, they had an offense. They ran the ball well. They, I don't even want to hear your garbage. What do you know anyhow? They got their – like, she's just going after me. Wow. And her husband's looking like, oh, my God. like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, far be it from me. Yeah. I was just trying to take what some pressure. Try- yeah, and I did. I said, what do I know? I don't – you know, I mean, you're the fan. You know a lot better than I do. I'm just saying they look better than I thought they would on film. But, you, like, you got it. Yeah, she was, she was hot and bothered. She was like a – it was like almost a, it was got close to being a Karen experience.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Right. Yeah, you almost she was, went verbal. I mean, you almost went uh, viral. Yeah, huh? yeah. She, yeah got, that, she got,
1: she was very yeah. heated about her 49ers getting their ass kicked by Baltimore. Uh-huh. So, anyhow. Yes, but um, I'm sure. Well, hopefully she,
0: she feels better now.
1: Yeah, hopefully now yeah. she'll be like, nah, Washington sucks. They're no good. What does that prove? <laughs> it proves nothing, you know. <laughs> so, anyhow. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stinky Food Podcast, we uh, appreciate you, the Leftovers Edition. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, for Mike, I am Mark. We'll be back with you guys next week.